Hello, good morning and welcome. Uh, so this podcast generally has been about movies, especially animation, but I do watch a bit of um, sitcom TV as well and now I'm starting to dedicate my TV time to fascinating sitcom TV shows that um, that interest me on a, on a deep level and um, I, I've watched a few. So the first one that I think... Um, that I can remember right now was uh, is called Outnumbered, and that show is about um, a, a large, medium to large sized family. Um, uh, they're living in London, I think, and they are um, working hard at, at surviving and and getting through things. And um, they've got three kids, and the show starts when the kids are very young, and I think the youngest is like just almost a toddler. And then the show is expansive. It goes over many years, uh, four seasons, and uh, you see the kids grow up, and you see the little one pretty much, you know, enter ad- adolescence and become a teenager. And the show is is supposed to be a comedy. Um, I, I honestly have just stopped finding certain types of comedy funny. Like I just don't see the humour a lot of times anymore and I'm too transfixed on the the tragedy of it um, and then just starting to notice how closely linked comedy and tragedy, tragedy really are that um, they're almost they're almost the same that the same actions can be perceived as comical or tragic depending on your current perspective and outlook and um, and context I guess is one way uh, one other thing that that helps you to decide whether this is funny or not it's like how how does this compare to your current situation and how would you react in that situation mm. and uh, so yeah the the jokes that are in there like I'm sure that I used to find them very funny and for, for like the just a kind of generic style of the the comedy is that there'll be a situation that the parents get themselves into and then they 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 lack empathy and they don't consider their actions thoroughly and deal with things in a manipulative and deceitful way that uh, escapes them out of their consequences of their actions and uh, having to deal with things head on and then things escalate and uh, uh, tend to get out of get out of hand for the parents where they like sort of lose control of a situation and then the joke is that the child especially the youngest the girl she picks up on the life lessons that her parents are showing her about how to deal with situations then regurgitates it back to them and then can't understand why she's not allowed to do that like you know why is she not allowed to lie to get out of trouble why is she not allowed to um, evade her consequences like why do her parents get to live by a different set of rules so um it, it's supposed to be funny um, and it like thank god it is funny because if it wasn't funny it wouldn't be popular and it wouldn't be on TV and it wouldn't you know be such a success and, and it's so important that 
um, that deep, deep messages about life and about parenting and growing up are hidden in comedy so that so that we can be distracted by the fun of it all but still receive the message that's uh, designed for us to grow um, so just you know I'm really grateful that it is funny I'm grateful for all of the um, the shows that that I watched when I was younger and, and got to enjoy the 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 funny side of the flavors of that show and and movie because otherwise you just wouldn't watch them I, like I think before you before you're awake before you're conscious like what really are you looking for you're just looking for a bit of a good time looking for a, something to switch off to and um and and be there with but not necessarily feel or experience thoroughly whilst watching and um and the the humor the humor plates it up for you uh, and puts puts the unawakened person into a situation where they're transfixed and the message is staring them right in the face um it's a brilliant way of doing it like i'm absolutely certain that it's not by accident and that the directors and um artists and authors and everyone they know that this is the only way to get through to you because they can talk to you about it they can say like yep this is the situation yep you shouldn't lie in front of your kids and then if you do lie in front of your kids like expect them to lie back to you and that that's okay um because you've taught them that that's the way that it is they could tell you um but you might not hear what they're what they're trying to say you might not hear the message you might not hear the the importance of it um and so wrapping up in comedy really helps to um engage the unawakened mind and uh bring forth some new concepts that perhaps they they couldn't have heard any other way and then and then the for me the really good ones the ones that i've really enjoyed have got extrapolations of the initial discrepancy by the parent or by the um person who's you know essentially to blame in the situation and then we see that extrapolated over a number of years or perhaps like a short amount of time and then finally hearing or ending up with the the outcome the essentially inevitable outcome that that happens solely because of that initial misdirect by at, at the beginning of the tv show or movie or whatever like or you know which is just a a short-term metaphor for the for the lifespan of the the, the person or the child so you see that extrapolated out long term then you get to see the future after effects of that initial problem issue like you know the situation that's been created and getting to see that the after effects especially when it's done really well um i think when it's done really really well you can actually see like oh like that is the what that is what is inevitable you cannot you cannot avoid that outcome when 
when you're treated in that way or or, or looked at in that way or, or um lied to in that way or whatever like if that if that situation happens to you early on this is an inevitable outcome and you can so, sort of see that pattern and see that trend and um and those are really great ones for me I like I'm really enjoying clocking those spotting those and then um like you know really realizing how inevitable that is and then um and I guess comparing it to like you know that there's a lot of shows there's a lot of movies that have a really similar um comparable inevitability and then comparing that to my life real life other people I know um and and learning from it and learning from those lessons so uh outnumbered is definitely a really good really good one for that um probably probably like a top show you know i'm just getting into this myself so i would say so far it's been one of the better ones i've seen it's very enjoyable and um and it's long as well so you know it doesn't it's not just um it's not it's not quick and brief and it's not repetitive because the issues that they're going through change like everybody's growing people are becoming different and it feels real um feels believable but you know this podcast today wasn't specifically about outnumbered it was actually going to be about a much worse show to watch but equally insightful um called friday night dinner and um it's it's an interesting show um written by uh, i don't know people with people with like very very uh like severe severe pain perhaps or severe like anger um and you you can feel the um there's like a there's a sense of disgust in the in the show in the in the air when you're watching the show so you know I, like i i find it quite hard to watch um and i i wouldn't say that i'm exactly the most cleanest person when it comes to stuff like that so i'm quite capable of being and uh doing disgusting things so um not exactly uh the cleanest living person and uh you know except my flaws in that way so um wouldn't wouldn't exactly look down on on the show or the or the storyline or the people that are in that show but uh i still wouldn't want to mislead you and tell you that it's a nice sweet show about um having dinner on a friday with your family it's not it's uh it's it's quite disgusting and uh for for a tv show it's they get away with quite a lot i wouldn't say it's anywhere near over the line it's just it's not a very gentle show um and definitely not one to watch when you're eating like quite a few times i've been like oh my god this is too much like i had to just turn it off and perhaps like come back to it later um i watched the whole of the first season and the 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 storyline and the subtext is is uh, a family the two boys and um the the mum and dad are, are quite different the mum 
the mum is caring in a way she has a very strong hold over the family and um, and leads in her way and has a very close relationship with the boys which partly comes from the way that she treats her husband in a sort of negative looking looking potentially down on him or maybe like uh, disrespecting him and like not not necessarily like uh, appreciating him and and then the dad is absent absent minded uh, he like he can't hear which is obviously not his fault but I know there's <laughs> there's just there's something about that it's like he's not even involved with like a lot of the conversations even though he's there and like when he is spoken to he he has to get it repeated and then when it's repeated he can't hear it he thinks it's something else and then he just goes off on his own on his own situation from that because he's uh he misheard but but people don't necessarily have the patience to make sure that he gets it right and uh and i think most of the disgusting nature of the show comes from the dad it's like i think i think the show is is about him and how it's like not easy to live with that kind of dad <laughs> um he just has a really low sense of self discipline maybe self love or self self care I think is what he lacks um, yeah it's difficult to know where to draw the line because I'm working really hard to be allowing and, and to um, and let everybody find their way um and be the be the person that they are be the be the most thorough version of themselves that they possibly can be but i don't know there's uh you get the impression that perhaps he's not not grown it's fine when you it's fine when you behave like that alone to yourself but when it affects other people then it then it starts to then it starts to be a question mark about whether you are fit to be around other people and to um, inflict your nature onto other people then it becomes their choice really then it becomes like are they okay with allowing that and is there a 
healthier way for them to set boundaries or perhaps um, exit that situation but I think the challenge the the show is highlighting the challenge that like you know your dad's your dad and don't necessarily get a choice about that and uh, what what can you do really like what can you do as like two young boys what choice do you have and and I think the the balance between the dad and the mum is that the mum is overly um, helpful or perhaps like giving in terms of her time to ensure her own validity and that she remains uh, vital and uh, required in the boys lives um, in the same way that she's like vital and required in the in the dad's life that he like essentially couldn't function without her and I think that might be me reading into it a little bit too much. I don't think that's necessarily one of the one of the um, subtexts of the of the show. So the boys, the boys are in fierce competition and they treat each other quite badly. Um, their nicknames for each other is Puss Face and Piss Face and, and everybody gets involved with that, like everybody calls them that. Um, they're essentially like constantly ruining things for each other trying to make life as difficult as they can <laughs> even though life is already pretty challenging at home and not they don't make it any easier for themselves um, when they could sort of stick together and, and be a team uh, they play pranks on each other like putting salt in their water and um Think they like tear each other's like toys apart and stuff. And there's a there's a big lesson with the way that the dad um, essentially treats his wife that he so the situation is that he thinks that his magazines from the National Geographic are going to be a collector's edition one day 
and that he should absolutely be keeping his the magazines and he doesn't see that um, then they're not and that they are um, you know just tattered old magazines um, and he doesn't see that 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 he hasn't looked after them like a collector and that like National Geographic is just like uh, like a dime a dozen you know there's like everybody's got a copy of that like nobody's gonna buy your old copy um and and like I don't have a problem with people keeping stuff as for collectors I think that that's not the issue as long as somebody enjoys it like if you if you are if you are happy that you're keeping it if you're enjoying that you're keeping it if you're keeping it in the way that you want to be keeping it no one really has a problem I think after a while starts to get a little bit challenging because like people don't people don't necessarily agree with the value that you put on an item and and you can you can be telling somebody like this is you know this is amazing like I love this thing and this takes up a lot of mental space or physical space in my house and I definitely need to keep this forever and and if they don't get that if they don't see the value in it then there's a there's a conflict there between the two of you so um that's essentially the situation that that poses and then the the episode is about how he has to get rid of those magazines and how his wife is telling him that it's like it's time for those magazines to go and that he has to burn them which he at first is like resistant then she the wife like pushes him to like make sure that he burns it he's like he I'm sure in his mind at that exact moment he figures out his alternate plan and decides that he's definitely not going to burn them then continues to lie to his wife to say that he will he will burn them then he takes them out to the fire then he goes to the shed and puts the magazines in the pile in the shed which they've gone from the garage to the shed now and he sits down on his sofa in the shed and then he like opens his secret fridge and gets beer out and then the the boys get told to help him take the next box to the to the fire and so he brings the boys out to the shed as well and like shows the boys this is what I've been doing um the whole time and he's quite proud of himself and in that in that moment essentially teaches the boys a um quite a dark and twisted lesson of how to not communicate with your with your wife and with your partner and also he teaches his boys a lesson that if his wife doesn't like something about something that he likes that if she says it 
fiercely enough or with enough vigour that he should go along with it or at least letting her think that he has that he should go along with it so there's a there's like a couple of different lessons there from his perspective that he's teaching the boys there's also a a terrible lesson that she the mum is teaching the boys which is that if you don't like something and somebody else does like something and you feel strongly enough about how you how much you don't like it that you have a right to force them to get rid of it essentially and and change that like make them uh take like basically like encourage or force enforce this change in your other person's behavior um without compassion without understanding like clearly these are like so important to him that he's willing to lie hide cheat sneak he's doing all of these things to like appease his wife so that she thinks that he's doing what she needs him to do but the reality is that like he considers these magazines to be more important than her needs that's not even a lie like it's from his perspective it's to him like this is his world his construct and the way that he sees things and her her in his eyes, in her petty need to create space for something that needs to go in that part of the garage or for her to reduce the clutter is a far less important need than his need to um, reclaim the value that he has been hoarding and storing and investing um, with his magazines and if it wasn't magazines it could be something else it could be this whatever like there's it could be whatever it is that she doesn't like about him that he thinks is valuable and then that he has no choice but to find a way because this is not this is not like an adult grown up thought through possessive need this is like a desperate sense of scarcity and lack that without this his time and effort will have been wasted he'll have missed out on his financial gain and and I don't think it even comes down to like scoring points it's not about the relationship between the two people from his perspective, which is so opposite of from her perspective, isn't it? Like she only sees it as a as a as an interpretation of a a lack of love, that she only sees it as a betrayal and that she only sees it as like a act of defiance against her at first against her consciousness because she's conscious of her space and she's aware that these old magazines aren't 
anything worth talking about or keeping or selling. So she's aware of that on a higher level than what he is. Um, and she is unwilling to lower her vibrational level of consciousness to appease his desire to hang on to these like dis- like crummy old disgusting magazines so here's and then off so so she's aware of it she's conscious of it then Now he's now he's not he's not making a personal attack against her. That's the thing to remember. Like we've already discussed, like what his needs are. His needs are financial uh, scarcity, lack, um, it, an emotional need to hold on to this thing, which isn't against her. She's conscious as her first step. Then she's fully aware of her space. She's also very aware of her husband's difference of opinion on a lot of matters. Like they don't agree. And instead of her understanding him, she just sees his behaviour as wrong and doesn't understand him which which you know is totally understandable from her perspective like it would be hard for her to understand what it is that he's going through especially as he doesn't talk about it he just agrees to throw them away instead of expressing what it is that truly is going on within his head which most likely he's not aware of um and he's he's not capable of of verbalizing or vocalizing that and then what's the chain of events that takes you from there to her to her experience which is that he doesn't love her that's the gap that i'm just trying to bridge there because let's go to the end she she is experiencing this situation as her husband doesn't care about her wants and needs um and so in turn doesn't care about her what is she going through Alright, I'm going to leave this open-ended, so if you if you listen and just want to send me a message, then let me know what you think here. Thanks, that was good. Bye.